Let's try this one more time. He is risen. That's pretty good. Let's do this one more time because that was really good. He is risen. He has risen. All right. God bless you guys. It's so good to see all of you little kids dressed up in little ties and little dresses. It's just wonderful to see all of you help your kids. And if you have kids in your life, help remind them what Easter is really all about. Because it's confusing. Like you think about the Easter bunny and, and hatching an egg and it's chocolate. And it just gets conf- even for adults. It's like, how do, we, how do we get there? The real meaning behind Easter is, of course, that Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. So let's look at, if you wouldn't mind turning in your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. Did anybody bring an actual Bible this morning? Oh, look at all of them. Good job. If you have somebody near you, give them a thumbs up if they brought your their Bible. If you didn't bring yours, that's okay. This is like extra credit kind of thing now, but we'll put it on the screens as well. Um, but today the, the sermon title is this, Christ is risen from the dead, bringing hope to all. So if I seem a little more excited than usual, it's because it's Easter morning, Resurrection Sunday, when Christ rose from the dead, we look back and we celebrate. Christ has risen, and we also look forward at the same time to the hope that we have in Christ, that we will be raised from the dead just as he was risen. We will be raised as well. So would you mind uh, standing up with me? Join me in standing. Mark chapter 16. I'm going to read through this passage. It's seven verses, and this is the original resurrection story. It says this, when the Sabbath was over, so if you know your Jewish uh, time frames, this would be Saturday night. It's going to say the women go out and they buy spices. No one knew uh, that Jesus was going to die. No one uh, could have like expected Jesus was going to rise from the dead, although he said it many times. If you look in scripture, he said it clearly many times. He's going to die and then he's going to rise, but people just didn't understand. They didn't put it together. So Mark 16, here's where we'll pick up the story. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, Salome, brought spices so that they might anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, that's Sunday morning, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, and it says, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white sitting on the right side. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's pray. God, we, we pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds to, to hearing this message on this Resurrection Sunday morning, that you have risen from the dead, that there are hope is in you, and just as you rose, you are going to raise us to eternal life. You are going to raise us with a resurrected body. Lord, we thank you and we praise you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou, Shouted. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. 
I'll start off today with a joke. Uh, a man went uh, on vacation with his family. They left the United States and went to Jerusalem for a vacation. And while there, his mother-in-law passed away. Very sad. And so he's sitting down with uh, the consulate and the funeral director talking about what they're going to do with uh, his mother-in-law's body. And he has one option. They said, you can ship your mother-in-law's body back to the United States. It'll be like something like $20,000 for all those arrangements. Or here, you could just bury your mother-in-law here in Jerusalem for a few hundred dollars. And he thought about it for a couple of minutes. And he said, I'm going to have my mother-in-law's body shipped back to the States. And the funeral director was like, wow, you must really love of your mother-in-law. And he said, well, it's not really that. I just heard that years ago, you guys buried someone here in Jerusalem and they rose from the dead. So I don't want to take any chances. <laughs> just a joke. I have a great mother-in-law. She, I told this joke at the first service and she was watching online and she texted me back. She texted me a picture of her husband, my father-in-law laughing his head off. He thought it was so funny. So let's talk about this resurrection from the dead for just a minute. Jesus rose from the dead. I think there's a lot of misinterpretations uh, of what this actually was. And so let me go through a handful of things of what this wasn't. This was not a resuscitation. When Jesus rose from the grave, it wasn't like he was coming back from the dead and, and it was like nothing ever happened. Lazarus experienced a resuscitation. Jesus experiences a resurrection. I happen to know someone. Uh, he's, he's living now. He's doing great. He's a pastor in Texas. But he was on the surgery table and things were not going well and his heart flatlined. He was dead for a few moments and they ran over the doctors, the nurses ran and got the defib defibrillator machine and the paddles shocked him back to life and now he's doing just fine. He was resuscitated back to life. That is not the case with Jesus. That's not what happened to Jesus. Also, what did not happen, this sounds even silly to say, is that he came back like half dead, like some sort of zombie. Like this is ridiculous. Even That's not what happened. Not resuscitated, not half dead, fully alive with a new resurrected body. What also did not happen was some sort of just a vision or a ghost, people seeing the resurrected Jesus. Uh, what did not happen was uh, just a dream. I think of some stories that I've heard. Some of uh, I remember as a kid, my own mom telling me a story that when she was in college, she uh, knew a guy who was, he had been deployed to Vietnam in the war in Vietnam at that time. And she didn't know at the time, at the very moment, but he died in the war and she was in her dorm room all by herself and she felt someone come into the room and she even turned around and said hey who's there and no one was there and then five days later she would hear the news that the, the letter saying I regret to inform you that he has passed away and I as, as a kid I just remember like what does that mean like the spirit and I had all these questions about what that could mean as a kid well Jesus resurrection was not like that it wasn't just a presence it wasn't a vision. It wasn't a dream either. Like as uh, a younger adult um, in, in my 20s, I had a, 
a good friend. Uh, his name was Ben Couch, and he was a missionary from New Life Church. We send missionaries. Uh, he was a missionary from New Life to Nepal, living there full time, and he was going from one village to another. He had met some friends, and he was going over there to, to talk to them about Jesus and have conversations about following the Lord. And on his way, he was on a motorcycle, and tragically, he, on a, this dangerous highway in Nepal, went too far in the other lane, and he was hit head on by a truck, and he was killed instantly. And it was tragic. And he was in his 20s. And we got the news from his family. I was woken up in the the early morning hours with a phone call that he had passed. And the days kind of just turned into weeks of grieving and waiting for the memorial service. And during that time, I had a dream of him. He appeared in this dream and it was so real. And we had a conversation and I I woke up from this dream crying and thanking the Lord that I got to spend time with him. But it was just a, it was just a dream. And what's weird is that other people around Ben's life also had dreams. His own mother had a dream where Ben said goodbye to her and it was very meaningful. And so we got to share these stories of these like dreams that we were having and we thanked the Lord for them. But that's not what Jesus' resurrection was. We have a clear representation in the text of scripture from the gospel stories of what Jesus' resurrection was like. And he would come in and everyone would see him. He would walk with people. He would talk with people. He would eat meals with people. Thomas, you know the story of Doubting Thomas, right? He hears these stories and he's like, I, I, don't, I need to see it for myself. I need to feel his hands for myself. And he appears to Thomas and Jesus extends his hand and Thomas is able to touch him. Jesus had a body, we call it a resurrected body. It's, it's mysterious and wonderful and it's our hope that one day we too will be resurrected with Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, which is a great passage of scripture to read. We read the story of, of, of the resurrection, but here, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 is like the theological explanation of what the resurrection is all about. And for anybody in here that wants homework, anybody want homework? Oh, I see oh, two hands. Two, that's double what the first service was, by the way. If you would like homework, if you would like a challenge, read 1 Corinthians 15. It's the theological explanation of the resurrection. We'll talk a little bit more about that passage in just a minute. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, Paul says this. After that, he appeared, he's talking about Jesus, to more than 500, how many? 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So it's like there was people living today that saw the resurrected Jesus, 500 at once. Like, go talk to them. This is the real deal. This isn't just a dream or a vision or a ghost or a, you know, like a resuscitation. This is Jesus conquering the grave. One of the great proofs that we have as Christians that, that uh, assures us and we can tell other people about is the stark difference of how the disciples acted after they saw the resurrected Jesus. You know, Jesus gets arrested. He is uh, sentenced to death. He is executed on a crucifixion. And this disciples scatter. Peter, uh, the most faithful disciple, is like kind of watching this scene go down. He's approached by a little middle school girl. Here's a grown man, Peter, approached by a little girl who says, hey, weren't you one of the ones that was with Jesus? Aren't you with Jesus? And what does Peter say? He says, no, he denies that he ever even knew 
Jesus. Think about that, how different that is in Peter's life after the resurrection. After he sees the resurrected Lord, he has no fear. He has seen Jesus who has been in the grave and he has no fear. He knows that he's going to be resurrected as well. And see, so he goes out and preaches with boldness knowing that he will one day get arrested and killed himself. Think about the disciples and how they just did a 180 and they were completely changed with the knowledge that Jesus has risen from the grave. Well, the point this morning, the title of this sermon, Jesus is risen from the dead, bringing hope to all. He brings hope to us in the future. This, this uh, verse, uh, this whole passage in 1 Corinthians 15, this theological explanation of the resurrection, says that Jesus was the first, the first fruits of the resurrection so that he will bring us with him. We have hope that one day we will rise from the dead. And we consider this world, we consider our own bodies, we consider the decay and the degradation of this world. A lot of people would say, man, it's not like it used to be. It's not like the glory days. Things just seem to be getting worse. Well, you know what? Jesus is going to restore and make new everything. Think about our bodies. Uh, This morning I got up and my Easter pants from last year did not fit. They didn't. I know you're giggling, but I'm having a midlife crisis. Um, I was, I told this to the first service. I got to ride bikes. Ethan's here again. Ethan is tw- he's 22 years old. He's never ridden a mountain bike in Colorado on trails. And I took him out on Monday and I, th- I thought I was pretty fit. I thought I was, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties, but I thought I'll, I'll show this whippersnapper a good time. He was in the wrong gear, like too high of a gear, beating me up the hill, waiting for me. And I'm just like, gosh, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I feel like Uncle Rico. Do you guys know who Uncle Rico is? From a silly movie called Napoleon Dynamite. He's like always talking about, man, if I could only go back to high school. And that's me now. Like I'm living in the former glory days. And there's a lot, like we could be silly about this, but there's like, man, the other days have been better Let me give you some hope. Jesus is restoring our body. He's going to resurrect our bodies. One more joke. Uh, You guys know the the series Friends. It was in the 90s. Matthew Perry has played Chandler. Um, Someone took a picture of him, an completely unflattering picture of him, and made a mean meme of this picture. It was Matthew Perry in like sweats. You can see he's, he's, he's aged. He's got gray hair. He's overweight. He was wearing sweats. It looked like a meatball had rolled down his shirt. So he's just like completely unflattering photo of this guy and and the bottom read the lines of the Prince song when it hasn't been your day or week or month or even your year and it's like come on it's Matthew Perry he was like the hunk of the 90s and now it's gosh what is that what happens to all of us right I'm not picking on Matthew Perry our bodies this world is decaying but there is hope in Jesus. Let me get a little serious with you for a moment. Like think about all the things going on. Like every time you look at the news, something worse is happening, whether it's war in the Ukraine, whether it's in Manitou. Like I saw in the paper, like many of you, many of you did, that on Monday night there was in our hometown, in our city, just down the road, downtown Manitou, there was a shooting and the gunman was killed and he killed one of the
the police dogs. And it's just like this whole, like, this is our town. This is Manitou, this peaceful little tourist foothills of Pikes Peak. Like, this is what's happening in our world. The world is not right. The world is unfair. The world is broken. And I'm looking around this room, like, I've been with some of you to hospitals. I've been with some of you to the grave. I've been with some of you as you've grieved losses of miscarriage, of children dying. I've been with you um, thinking through like your parents dying and what you wouldn't give for just like one more conversation with that person who is now gone. This is the state of things in this world, but it won't be. The hope that we have is that just as Jesus rose from the grave, he will give us hope and we will be risen. That even death, even death, even death will be undone and conquered by Jesus. Amen. Christ is risen from the dead, bringing hope to all. This is the one point of this sermon. Christ is risen from the dead, bringing hope to all. The last point, uh, kind of uh, story metaphor I want to give you is uh, quite silly, this sermon so far. It's just, I'm just happy today. You know, it's Easter Amen. I think of this scene, it's a bizarre scene, but a, like a group of kindergartners, like little tiny kids playing in the playground, and they're all being mean to your kid. Let's say you have a kid or a nephew, and they're all being mean to your kid. And they're like calling him names, like you poo-poo head, a bat face, draft neck, dog sniffer, blah, blah, blah. And they're just being really mean to like your kid. And you drive by in your car, and you're like, what's this? These bullies, this whole pack of bullies is being mean to your kid and as you're driving by you roll down the window and you scream out to your kid son get in hurry quick and you you just keep rolling because as he's running these little brats they're chasing your kid down and you pull your kid in through the window and you speed off hit the gas and you say yes we escaped i got you i rescued you like, what a bizarre scene that would be, right? Because the, does that solve anything? No, like the bullies are going to be there on Monday and they're probably going to torture you even more because like, well, what, what just happened? That was bizarre. So I think some people think that that's what Christianity is. Like they think that we're just going to get like escaped out of this world which, which is hopeful on, on one hand, but it doesn't, it's not a part of what Jesus said when Jesus at the end of the Bible in the, in the book of Revelation says, behold, I make all things new. This Greek word, uh, kai, kai, what is it, kainos, uh, kainos means fresh, unused, unused, restored, better than ever. This is the hope that we have. And heaven is often uh, explained in metaphor. And one of the, the ways that it's often explained is like a banquet, a dinner, where the king shows up and everyone out of respect knows that the king is there. And the king supplies the feast and people sit down and there's, there's, there's mended relationships and there's unity and there's joy and there's celebration with everyone. And there is the king. 
Imagine that in this like bizarre uh, like park scene that I, the, the kindergarten park scene that I described. Like imagine the parent coming in and having redeeming conversations and like a party when everyone is getting along and together. This, in this weird analogy that I'm sharing with you, is like what Christ will do. He will come to reign over this world and we will be resurrected and be with him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me, um, as we conclude here, uh, we're going to do what we do every Sunday, which is to receive the communion elements. And as you're sitting down, there's little baskets uh, down by your seats. Uh, and in those baskets are communion elements. And would you reach down and make sure the people around you have the communion elements? We celebrate an open table here at New Life Manitou which means that anybody that believes in Jesus, you're invited to receive with us. I think sometimes Christians think that communion is just a reward for good behavior. Like, oh, we've been pretty good this week. We could take communion. And, and that is not what communion is. Communion is admitting that we are hungry. Communion is admitting that we are in need of God. Communion is admitting that we need our lives to be resurrected and we need salvation from the Lord. And so we celebrate his death on the cross because it brings us salvation and resurrection. So would you stand with me and I'll invite the band forward. They're going to sing one more song and lead us singing about the King of Kings, a very appropriate song as we sing about the King who is coming, who we are going to be raised with. But let me close with these words. These words come from a early church Easter sermon. And once again, they, um, they quote verses from 1 Corinthians 15. It begins like this. O death, where is thy sting? O hell, where is thy victory? Christ is risen and you, O death, are annihilated. Christ is risen and the evil ones are cast down. Christ is risen and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life is liberated. Christ is risen and the tomb is emptied of its dead. For Christ having risen from the dead is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen.